This is the Daily Signal podcast for Wednesday, September 23rd. I'm Virginia Allen. And I'm Rachel Del Judas. A senior fellow for foreign policy at the Heritage Foundation recently uncovered evidence that there might be ties between a group started by a Black Lives Matter co-founder in China. Mike Gonzalez joins me today on the Daily Signal podcast to discuss. Don't forget, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Now, on to our top news. President Trump says he will announce his nominee for Supreme Court Justice on Saturday, and it looks like the Senate has the votes needed for the confirmation. Senator Mitt Romney, Republican of Utah, who voted with the Democrats to impeach President Trump, says he will vote for the president's SCOTUS nominee. I intend to follow the Constitution and precedent in considering the president's nominee. If the nominee reaches the Senate floor, I intend to vote based upon their qualifications, Romney said Tuesday. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he plans to call the vote to the floor before November 3rd. There are 53 Senate Republicans and 47 Democrats, making the nomination tight if a few Republicans choose to vote no and all Democrats vote against the president's nomination. But in addition to Romney, Senators Lamar Alexander, Republican of Tennessee, and Senator Cory Gardner, Republican of Colorado, both thought to be potential swing votes on the nomination, have implied they will back the president's choice. Two Republican senators, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Susan Collins of Maine, have raised concerns about the vote taking place before the election. But even if they and every Democrat vote no, the Republicans would still have enough votes to confirm the new Supreme Court justice. President Trump is asking the United Nations to hold China accountable for unleashing the coronavirus. Here's what the president had to say Tuesday in a pre-recorded speech to the United Nations General Assembly via the White House. As we pursue this bright future, we must hold accountable the nation which unleashed this plague onto the world, China. In the earliest days of the virus, China locked down travel domestically while allowing flights to leave China and infect the world. China condemned my travel ban on their country, even as they canceled domestic flights and locked citizens in their homes. The Chinese government and the World Health Organization, which is virtually controlled by China, falsely declared that there was no evidence of human-to-human transmission. Later, they falsely said people without symptoms would not spread the disease. The United Nations must hold China accountable for their actions. The COVID death toll in America has hit 200,000, according to Johns Hopkins University. Total cases across the U.S. are close to 7 million. Caitlin Rivers, an epidemiologist at Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, called the number an enormous and tragic loss of life per NPR. Rivers added that about 1,000 Americans pass away from COVID every day, and that has been the trend for several weeks now. The University of California wrongfully admitted 64 well-to-do students in the past six years, according to a new state audit. 
The audit released Tuesday found that staff members from the University of California admitted 22 students whose parents were substantial donors out of the guise that they were student athlete recruits, Fox News reported. It also found that the University of California Berkeley campus admitted 42 students through its regular process based on connections to staff, leadership, and donors, but those applicants were not as qualified as others who were not admitted, the audit found, Fox News reported. This comes after 50 people, including Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin, as well as her husband, Massimo Giannulli, were caught up in a college admissions scandal in an attempt to get their children into leading schools. In August, Laughlin was sentenced to two months in prison, and her husband was sentenced to five months. Now stay tuned for my conversation with Mike Gonzalez on evidence he uncovered showing that there might be ties between a group started by Black Lives Matter co-founder and China. Do you have an interest in public policy? Do you want to hear some of the biggest names in American politics speak? Every day, the Heritage Foundation hosts webinars called Heritage Events Live. Webinar topics range from ethics during the COVID-19 pandemic to the CARES Act and the economy. These webinars are free and open to the public. To find the latest webinars and register, visit heritage.org events. I'm joined today on the Daily Signal podcast by Mike Gonzalez. He's a senior fellow in the Douglas and Sarah Allison Center for Foreign Policy at the Heritage Foundation. Mike, it's great to have you with us back on the Daily Signal podcast. Hey, Rachel. It's entirely my pleasure. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be with you. We want to talk about some recent investigative reporting that you did for the Daily Signal. And in an exclusive op-ed, you found that Alicia Garza, who's one of the three founders of the Black Lives Matter organization, had partnered with a left-wing San Francisco group that has been known to carry water for China, the Chinese Progressive Association San Francisco. So before we get into all that, who is Alicia Garza? What are her ties to Black Lives Matter? And what is her organization that you're looking at? Well, Alicia Garza is, uh, it's best to think of her as somebody who sits atop an expansive global revolutionary network. She founded the, the main Black Lives Matter organization. In fact, she came up with the slogan that the other two women who co-founded Black Lives Matter are Patrice Coulouris and Opal Tometi. Uh, all three of them are committed Marxists, anti-capitalists. The uh, Alicia Garza has said many times that cap that she wants to re- uh, smash capitalism, that uh, that that you, one cannot reach liberation in capitalism. And uh, one of the ventures that she has is the Black Futures Lab. The Black Futures Lab is a fiscally sponsored project of the Chinese Progressive Association of San Francisco. Uh, that is a, an outfit that was created in 1972 uh, at the height of the Cultural Revolution by a militant, uh, actually paramilitary group uh, called I Work Quinn. I Work Quinn was a Maoist outfit, created the Chinese Progressive Association in San Francisco. And from the start, the Chinese Progressive Association promoted the thoughts of, of Mao and the ideas of, of China's revolution and the cultural revolution. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Chinese Progressive Association. What do they do? How did they start? And what are their ties to China? So Chinese Progressive Association, as I said, uh, from the beginning, promoted uh, revolutionary thought in America. Uh, it kind of um, uh, it 
it's gone too bad for China a couple of times recently. For example, in uh, uh, this year, it partnered with other pro-China groups in sending the, the Biden administration a letter saying uh, that uh, it supported Biden, wanted Biden to be Trump, but it warned the Biden campaign uh, not to engage in what it called, quote unquote, China bashing, saying, uh, you know, uh, criticism of China will, will cost you at the ballot box, uh, kind of a warning. Uh, then uh, about three years ago, it again partnered with other uh, groups uh, to seek to deter the Justice Department from investigating spying in the United States by China, uh, saying that it was a form of racial profiling. That is obviously nonsense. Uh, China is a country, in fact, it's a rival of the US. We must protect ourselves. Nothing to do with racial profiling. The Chinese Communist Party suppresses the rights of 1.2 billion Chinese in China. Um, so, you know, it, it, those are the things that it does. It, it radicalizes young Chinese. Trevor Loden of the Epoch Times is a newspaper that is associated with the Falun Gong faith, which is harshly persecuted in China. He says they, 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 what they do is push the Beijing line in Chinatown and try to uh, try to convince young Chinese, uh, bring young Chinese Americans into the Beijing orbit. Well, Mike, you've talked about this a little bit, but let's delve into this a little bit more. What did you find out between the ties of the Black Futures Lab and the Chinese Progressive Association? Well, just that, that the, the, if you click on the button of the, uh, the Black Futures Lab, it tells you that the Black Futures Lab is a fiscally sponsored project of, of, uh, of the CPA San Francisco. Uh, Black, a lot of the Black Lives Matter organizations do this. Uh, they're fiscally sponsored projects of other groups that affords the Black Lives Matter organization a great deal of flexibility in not having to disclose how they spend their money. That's at least what the critics say. Uh, but the, but the, the, the connection between Garza and, and, uh, and, and the people who run the, uh, the, the, the CPA San Francisco are stronger than that. Uh, Garza, for example, spoke at a, at a left uh, roots uh, um, meeting in 2015. She, she, I think she's a member also of left roots. I have to have to double check that. Uh, and, 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 and Pam Tao Lee, one of the founders of, of CPA San Francisco is a, also a member of Left Roots. Well, since the Black Futures Lab isn't Black Lives Matter, but a different organization, why do you think that they're both connected? Well, the Black Futures Lab does say in, on its website that it partners up with the Black Lives Matter. Everything under Alicia Garza is, 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 a, is the same, you know, is, is, as I said, is the adventures of the same empire. And the, it, the Black Futures Lab, I believe, is kind of a lobbying arm of the whole entire thing. Black Lives Matter, I'm talking about the organizations. Obviously, nobody disagrees with the sentiment. I'm talking about the Black Lives Matter Global Network partners with, uh, with, with um, uh, the Movement for Black Lives. Uh, partners with the uh, with, with the, the Black Futures Lab, they all crisscross and 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 and, and coordinate their moves. And the and the Black Futures Lab says that on its website that uh, uh, that it um, that that it helps the Black Lives Matter organization. 
Well, in your report, Mike, you talk about how the threat of foreign interference in our domestic affairs is really a serious matter. Do you think that's what's going on here? Well, I, we, one has to investigate. Uh, let's put it the other way. Let's put it another way. If the same thing were happening with Vladimir Putin's Russia, uh, let's say that far-right zealots were, were uh, destabilizing our country and our cities and, and, tr and calling for an ethno-state, and uh, you were to find that uh, one of them was fiscally uh, supported by a, a group in America that has supported uh, uh, Russia and that has, 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 for example, one of the things that that um, CPA San Francisco has done, it creates this thing called the China Education and Exposure Program, which brings Americans and people in China, thought leaders in China together to, to, to help Americans understand better the revolutionary thought of China. They meet there with people from the party, the CPP, the Chinese Communist Party, but also with non-party people. Uh, if, if the same thing were happening with Russia and right-wing protesters, you can bet your life that it would be on the front page of newspapers. Mike, what do you think China is looking to achieve in the U.S. in 2020? And even on a broader angle, how does China insert itself into American life currently? Well, we know for a fact that China gives moral support to the Black Lives Matter organizations. Let's not forget uh, that according to a paper that was released last week, uh, the BLM organizations uh, are, are related to 95% of the riots we have had this summer. So the link is very strong. China also has, as I said, Chinese government spokesmen, officials have given support to the, 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 the goals uh, of, the, of the BLM organizations. So the moral support we know is there for, for, for sure. It comes from Beijing. Well, Mike, the New York Times did call you out on your reporting. Can you tell us about what they said and then what your response to New York Times was? Yeah, the New York Times basically said that I had conflated the Boston CPA, the Chinese uh, Progressive Association of Boston, with the San Francisco uh, Chinese Progressive Association. I should have been more clear in distinguishing between the two. They're, they're registered separately and run separately, but they were both uh, created by I Work Quinn, by people from I Work Quinn. Uh, they both uh, have done pro-China work. I have just detailed what the Chinese Progressive Association of San Francisco has done. The, uh, the, the Boston CPA has also been involved with the Chinese uh, government. So, and they, they are, again, they're members of uh, the same organizations. They, it, for example, Left Roots, the, one of the leaders of CPA Boston, at least one, but probably more, and the leaders of CPA San Francisco are members of Left Roots. And in, in fact, one of them um, recently wrote, uh, two of them, one from the Boston, the other one from San Francisco, uh, co-wrote a paper uh, strategizing on, on, on how to, on revolution. On Monday, former NFL player Herschel Walker tweeted that funding from China is going towards Black Lives Matter. So, Mike, maybe he read your report or looked at it. Did you happen to see his tweet, and what did you think of it? I didn't see his tweet, and I think it's best to think of the overlap as ideological, unless uh, you, we can establish that there has been funding uh, from China to the organizations. Look, these organizations are getting a lot of money. Uh, from uh, U.S. corporations, from U.S. foundations, like the Ford Foundation, and, and a lot of the Fortune 500. Uh, I think more worrisome to me is the ideological overlap that exists 
between an organization that from the start was very Maoist and the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, that is to me hugely important uh, because the Black Lives Matter organization does not want to be seen as Marxist and the US media protects it. And in fact, over the weekend, they were scrubbing their website of Marxist language uh, because of the criticism they have received. The, the fact that there's an overlap with a group in San Francisco that was started from the beginning to promote the thoughts of the Cultural Revolution and, and to this day goes to bad for China is for me much more worrisome. China is after all the world's largest communist state. Well, Mike, that was actually my very next question. I was gonna ask you about how Black Lives Matter has been removing the Marxist language from their websites. Can you expound on this a little bit more? Why do you think they're doing this all of a sudden? Well, it's a page right out of Soviet Union. Uh, the Soviet Union airbrushed people that, uh, you know, if, if somebody was purged and sent to the firing squad and oops, there was a picture of him next to Stalin. Uh, what they would do is, is just airbrush that person out of the picture. So Stalin is standing by the bridge with other people, not with somebody who had just been shot, the communists are, you know, have no compunction about changing the past. Uh, Marxists, as a, a rule, do not. Uh, we can see this with the 1619 Project, which tries to change American history, the, the view of American history, and, and put uh, slavery at the very center of it. Slavery is obviously an important part of American history, and nobody wants to airbrush that out. But one, one would imagine that the ideals uh, of equality, uh, even though they were not always uh, followed, not always implemented, but always aspired to, uh, one would imagine that idea of equality, the idea that we have more liberty here than anywhere else, we have more, uh, we have uh, uh, more prosperity than anywhere else, that would be, so that, that, that is a good example of changing the past, uh, not by, it's completely coincidental perhaps, that Nicole Hannah-Jones, the founder of the 1619 Project, also burned her Twitter feed uh, and, and purged it over the weekend at the same time that Black Lives Matter was purging Marxist language from its, uh, from its past, from, from its website. Well, I think the question that's on so many people's minds right now is where do we go from here? Mike, what should happen? Should lawmakers get involved? Should the administration get involved? What should happen now? I think that Black Lives Matter should have been investigated a long time ago. I think if, if you have an organization that is involved with 95% of the riots and disturbances in this country, one has to wonder why aren't they being questioned by Congress. Uh, I think the fact that they have this overlap with this pro PRC group in San Francisco is also a, a, a matter that should interest Congress. It should, it should interest the media. The media has been really uh, faltering here. Well, lastly, Mike, you've been doing a lot of research, a lot of writing, and everything that you've done in the past couple of days since all this has come out, what particular thing, if there's any one thing you could put your finger on about what was most surprising to you, what would that be? Nothing really surprises me. Uh, that didn't surprise me, that the, the, the Black Futures Lab is a fiscally sponsored project of a, a, a pro PRC group in San Francisco. Um, I am surprised that the media, the New York Times did what it did. I was a bit surprised, but not really. You know, I was a journalist for 20 years. Um, I've never seen journalism like this. I have never seen such biases in, in, in reporting. Uh, obviously I write my opinion. I no longer report he said, she said, 
but those who should write, he said, she said, and, and should be vetting what is happening in the country, should be working in the interest of the American people. Well, Mike, thank you so much for spending time with us and for talking about all this on the Daily Signal podcast. It's great to have you with us. Thank you, Rachel. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Rachel Del Judas. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.